So, thank you all for coming. Today's class in the beautiful Bhagavatam by Krishna Dwapiyan. This is the beginning of the year and the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam. We're going to do first canto, first chapter, first verse. So, uh, please... We have to listen attentively in this whole first canto. Is it on? Because Srila uh, Prabhupada put everything, all the philosophy in the first canto. So you'll notice that, that uh, we've been in the tenth canto for so long. The, the tempo is going to change, you see. So uh, Prabhupada is going to be hitting you with philosophy. He's going to be giving you everything. It's going to be dumping the mercy upon you. you know. So uh, <clears throat> we'll do this a little differently uh, than we usually do in that um, feel free to ask questions anytime as we go through because it's a long purport and there's a lot of thought to think about. So if you have a comment, uh, let's talk about it, okay? So, somewhere in here I'll find my place. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
Bhakta Navad Itaratas Chartesh Ad Vigyanaha Swarat Tene Brahma Vidaya Adikavaye Muyantiyat Surayaha Tena Brahma Vidaya Adikavaye Muyantiyat Surayaha Tejo Bari Mridam Yatta Vinimayo Yatras Tri Sargo Mrisha Tejo Bari Mridam Yatta Vinimayo Tamnasvenasada nyarasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi Tamnasvenasada nyarasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Janmanyashayatonya vayad itaratas chartishwa abhi Abhiganaha Swara Dine Brahma Ritaya Adikavaye Muyanti Yatsurayaha Dine Brahma Ritaya Adikavaye Muyanti Yatsurayaha Tejo Barimridam Yatta Vinimayo Yatta Trisago Mrisha Tejo Barimridam Yatta Vinimayo Tamnasvenasada nirasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi It's too hard to see. It's too long Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to see, isn't it? <coughs> Om, Om. What does that mean? Om. Oh my Lord. Namaha. Namaha. Offering my obeisances. Offering my obeisances. Bhagavate. Bhagavate. Unto the personality of Godhead. Unto the personality of Godhead. Vasudevaya. Unto Vasudev. Unto Vasudev. The son of Vasudev. The son of or Lord Krishna, or Lord Krishna, the primeval Lord, the primeval Lord. Janma, Adi, Janma Adi, creation, creation. Sustenance, sustenance, and destruction, and destruction. Asya, Asya, of the manifested universes, of the manifested universes. Yataha, <coughs> from whom, from whom, Anvayat, directly, Itarataha, Indirectly, Cha, and Arteshu, Purposes, Abhigaha, Fully Cognizant, Swarat, Fully Independent, Tene, Imparted, Brahma, the Vedic knowledge, Hrida, conscious of the heart, excuse me, consciousness of the heart, Yaha, one who, Adikavaye, unto the original created being, Muyanti, our illusion, Yat, about whom, Surayaha, great sages and demigods, Tejaha, fire, Bari, water, Mridam, earth, Yatha, as much as, Vinimayaha, action and reaction, Yatra, whereupon, Trisargaha, three modes of creation, creative faculties, Amrisha, almost factual, Dhamna, along with all transcendental paraphernalia, 
Svena. Svena. Self sufficiently. Self sufficiently. Sada. Always. Nirasta. Nirasta. Negation by absence. Negation by absence. Kuhakam. Kuhakam. Illusion. Satyam. Satyam. Truth. Truth. Param, Param absolute. absolute. Dimahi, Dimahi. I, med- I do meditate upon. Translation. O my Lord, Sri Krishna, son of Vasudeva, O all-perverting personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I meditate upon Lord Sri Krishna because he is the absolute truth and the primeval cause of all causes of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations, and he is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. It is he only who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. By him, the great sages, by him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion. As one is bewildered by the illusory representations of fire seen in, excuse me, of water seen in fire or land seen on water, only because of him do the material universes temporarily manifested by the reactions of the modes of nature appear factual although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. So I say you can repeat, O my Lord, O my Lord, Sri Krishna, Son of Vasudeva, Vasudeva, O all-pervading personality of Godhead, Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances obeisances unto you. you. I meditate upon Lord Sri Krishna because he is the absolute truth. Because he is the absolute truth. And the primeval cause of all causes. And the primeval cause of all causes. Of the creation. Of the creation. Sustenance. Sustenance. And destruction. And destruction. Of the manifested universes. Of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly. He is directly and indirectly. Conscious of all manifestations. Conscious of all manifestations. And he is independent. And he is independent. Because there is no other cause beyond him. It is only He who who first imparted the Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. By Him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion as one is bewildered by the illusory representations of water seen in fire or land seen on water. Only because of Him do the material universes temporarily manifested by the reactions of the three modes of nature appear factual Although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him. Lord Sri Krishna. Who is eternally existent. In the transcendental abode. Which is forever free. From the illusory representations. Of the material world. I meditate upon him. For he is the absolute truth. For he is the absolute truth. Purport by his divine grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Yeshiva Prabhupada. Obeisances under the personality of Godhead, Vasudeva, directly indicate Lord Sri Krishna, who is the divine son of Vasudeva and Devaki, 
This fact will be more explicitly ex explained in the next in the text of this work. Sri Vas uh, <coughs> Sri Vyasade <coughs> Sri Vyasade asserts herein that Sri Krishna is the original personality of Godhead, and all others are his direct or indirect plenary portions or portions of the portion. Srila Jiva Goswami has even more explicitly explained the subject matter in his Krishna Sandharva. And Brahma, the original living being, has explained the subject of Sri Krishna substantially in his treatise, uh, uh, treatise named Brahma Samhita. <clears throat> in the Shamaveda Upanishad, it is also stated that Lord Sri Krishna is the divine son of Devaki. Therefore, in this prayer, the first proposition holds that Lord Sri Krishna is the primeval Lord, and if any transcendental nomenclature is to be understood as belonging to the absolute personality of Godhead, it must be the name indicated by the word Krishna. This is very important when we're, when we're talking with uh, um, uh, let's say the, the yoga crowd and they have different names that they want to throw around and they want to know well why do you say Krishna is the supreme personality the supreme personality that will be explained <clears throat> indicated by the word Krishna which means the all attractive in Bhagavad Gita, in many places, the Lord asserts himself to be the original personality of Godhead. And this is confirmed by Arjuna and also great sages like Narada, Vyas, and many others. In the Padma Puran, it is <clears throat> also stated that out of the innumerable names of the Lord, the name of Krishna is the principal one. Vasudeva indicates the plenary portion of the personality of Godhead in all the different forms of the Lord. Being identical with Vasudev are indicated in this text. The name Vasudev particularly indicates the divine son of Vasudev and Devaki. Sri Krishna is always meditated upon by the Paramahamsas, who are the perfected ones among those in the renounced order of life. <clears throat> Vasudev, or Lord Sri Krishna, is the cause of all causes. Everything that exists emanates from the Lord. How this is so is explained in later chapters of this work. This work is described by Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya as the spotless Purana because it contains the transcendental narration of the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna. The history of the Srimad Bhagavatam is also very glorious. It was compiled by Sri Vyasadeva after he had attained maturity in transcendental knowledge. He wrote this under the instructions of Sri Naradaji, his spiritual master. Vyasadeva compiled all Vedic literatures containing the four divisions of the Vedas, the Vedanta Sutras, or the Brahma Sutra, the Puranas, and the Mahabharata, and so on. But nevertheless, he was not satisfied. His dissatisfaction was observed by his spiritual master, and thus Narada advised him to write on the transcendental activities of Lord Sri Krishna. These transcendental <coughs> activities are described specifically in the tenth canto of this work. But in order to reach the very substance, one must proceed gradually by developing knowledge of the categories. It is natural that a philosophical mind wants to know about the origin of the creation. At night, he sees the stars in the skies, and he naturally speculates about their inhabitants. Such inquiries are natural for man because man has a developed consciousness, which is higher than that of the animals. The author of Srimad Bhagavatam gives a direct answer to such inquiries. He says that the, that the Lord, Sri Krishna, is the origin of all creations. He is not only the creator of the universe, but he is the destroyer as well. 
The manifested cosmic nature is created by a certain uh, created at a certain period by the will of the Lord. It is maintained for some time, and then it is annihilated by His will. Therefore, the supreme will is behind all cosmic activities. Of course, there are atheists of various categories who do not believe in a creator, but that is due to a poor fund of knowledge. The modern scientist, for example, has created space satellites, and by some arrangement or other, <clears throat> these satellites are thrown into outer space to fly for some time at the control of the scientist who is far away. Similarly, all the universes with innumerable stars and planets are controlled by the intelligence of the, of the personality of Godhead. In Vedic literatures, it is said that the absolute truth, personality of Godhead, is the chief amongst all living personalities. All living beings began from the first created being, Brahma, down to the smallest ant. Uh, are individual living beings. And above Brahma, there are even other living beings with individual capacities. And the personality of Godhead is also a similar living being. <clears throat> and, he is in, and he is an individual as rare and he is an individual as are the other living beings. But the Supreme Lord or the, or the Supreme Living Being has the greatest intelligence and he possesses supermost inconceivable energies of all different varieties. If a man's brain can produce a space satellite, one can very easily imagine how brains higher than man can produce similarly wonderful things which are far superior. The reasonable person will easily accept this argument, but there are uh, stubborn atheists who will never agree. Srila Vyasadeva, however, at once accepts the supreme intelligence as the Parameshwar. He offers this res his respectful obeisances under the supreme intelligence addressed as uh, <clears throat> as para or param eshwar or the supreme personality of Godhead and that param eshwar is Sri Krishna as admitted in Bhagavad Gita and other scriptures delivered by Sri Vyasadeva and significant and specifically in this Srimad Bhagavatam in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that there is no other Paratatva, Samambona, than Himself. Therefore, Sri Vyasadeva at once worships the Paratatva, Sri Krishna, whose transcendental activities are described in the tenth canon. Unscrupulous persons go immediately to the tenth canto, and especially to the five chapters which describe the Lord's Rasa dance. This portion of the Srimad Bhagavatam is the most confidential part of this great literature. Unless one is thoroughly accomplished in the transcendental knowledge of the Lord, one is sure to misunderstand the Lord's worshipable transcendental pastimes called Rasadans and his love affairs with the gopis. This subject matter is highly spiritual and only the liberated persons who have gradually attained to the stage of Paramahamsa can transcendentally relish this rasa dance. Srila Vyasadeva therefore gives the reader the chance to gradually develop spiritual realization before actually relishing the essence of the pastimes of the Lord. Therefore, he purposely invokes a, a Gayatri mantra, Dimahi. This Gayatri Mantra is meant for spiritually advanced people. When one is successful in chanting the Gayatri Mantra, he can enter into the transcendental position of the Lord. One must therefore acquire Brahminical qualities or be perfectly situated in the quality of goodness in order to chant the Gayatri Mantra successfully and then attain to the stage of transcendentally realizing the Lord. 
his name, his fame, his qualities, and so on. Srimad Bhagavatam is the narration of the Swarup of the Lord, manifested by his internal potency. And this potency is distinguished from the external potency, which has manifested as this uh, uh, cosmic world, which is within our experience. Srila Vyasadeva makes a clear distinction between the two in this shloka. Sri Vyasadeva says herein that the manifested internal potency is real, whereas the extended manifested energy of the form of the material existence is only temporary and illusory like the mirage in the desert. In the desert, in the desert mirage, there is no actual water. There is only the appearance of water. Real water is somewhere else. The manifested cosmic creation appears as reality. But reality, of which this is but a shadow, is in the spiritual world. Absolute truth is in the spiritual sky, not in the material sky. In the material sky, everything is relative truth. That is to say, one truth depends on something else. This cosmic creation results from interaction of the modes of nature, and the temporary manifestations are so created as to present an illusory, an illusion of reality to the bewildered mind of the conditioned soul, who appears in so many species of life, including the higher demigods like Brahma, Indra, Chandra, and so on. In actuality, there is no reality in the manifested world. There appears to be a reality, however, because of the true reality which exists in the spiritual world, where the personality of Godhead eternally exists with his transcendental paraphernalia. <clears throat> the chief engineer of a complicated construction does not personally take part in the construction, but he knows every nook and corner because everything is done under his direction. He knows everything about the construction, both directly and indirectly. Similarly, the personality of Godhead who is the supreme engineer of this cosmic creation, knows every nook and corner, although affairs are being carried out by demigods. Beginning from Brahma down to the insignificant end, no one is independent of the material creation, uh, in the uh, material creation. The hand of the Lord is seen everywhere. All material ele elements, as well as all spiritual sparks, emanate from him only. And whatever is created in this material world is but the interaction of two energies, the material and the spiritual, which emanate from the absolute truth, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. A chemist can manufacture water in the chemical laboratory by mixing hydrogen and oxygen. But in reality, the living entity works in the laboratory laboratory under the direction of the Supreme Lord. <clears throat> and the materials, the materials with which he works are also supplied by the Lord. The Lord knows everything directly and indirectly, and he is cognizant of all minute details, and he is fully independent. He is compared to a mine of gold, and all the cosmic creations in so many different forms are compared to objects made from gold, such as gold rings, necklaces, and so on. The gold ring and the gold necklace are qualitatively one with the gold in the gold mine, but quantitative, quantitatively, quantitatively, <laughs> that's easy for me to say, the gold in the mine is different. Therefore, <clears throat> The absolute truth is simultaneously one and different. Nothing is absolutely equal with the supreme of the absolute truth. But at the same time, nothing is independent of the absolute truth. Nothing is equal and nothing is independent. Conditioned souls beginning from Brahma, who engineers the entire universe down to the insignificant ant, are all created, but none of them are independent of the Supreme Lord. 
the materialist wrongly thinks that there is no creator other than his own self. This is called maya, or illusion. Because of his poor fund of knowledge, the materialist cannot see beyond the purview of his imperfect senses, and thus he thinks that matter automatically takes its own shape without the aid of a superior intelligence. This is refuted in this shloka by Srila Vyasadeva. Since the complete whole or the absolute truth is the source of everything, nothing can be independent of the body of the absolute truth. Whatever happens to the body quickly becomes known to the embodied. Similarly, the creation is the body of the absolute truth. Therefore, the absolute knows everything directly and indirectly that happens in the creation. <clears throat> in the Shruti Mantra, it is also stated that the absolute whole, or Brahman, is the ultimate source of everything. Everything emanates from him, and everything is maintained by him. At the end, everything enters into him. That is the law of nature. In the Shmiti Mantra, the, uh, the same is confirmed. <clears throat> it is said that the source from which everything emanates at the beginning of Brahma's millennium and the reservoir to which everything ultimately enters is the absolute truth or Brahman. Material scientists take it for granted that the ultimate source of, of the planetary system is the sun, but they are unable to explain the source of the sun. Herein, the ultimate source is explained. According to the Vedic literatures, Brahma, who may be compared to the sun, is not the ultimate creator. It is stated in this shloka that Brahma was taught Vedic knowledge by the personality of Godhead. One may argue that Brahma, being the original living being, could not be inspired because there was no other living being at that time. Herein it is stated that the Supreme Lord inspired the secondary creator, Brahma, in order that Brahma could carry out his creative functions. So the supreme intelligence behind all creations is the absolute Godhead, Sri Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna states that it is He only who superintends the creative energy, prakriti, which consists, which constitutes the totality of matter. Therefore, Sri Vyasadeva does not worship Brahma, but the Supreme Lord who guides Brahma in his creative activities. In this shloka, the particular words Abhiyaha and Swarat are significant. These two words distinguish the Supreme Lord from all other living entities. No other living entity is either Abhiyaha or Swarat. <clears throat> that is, no one is either fully cognizant or fully independent. Even Brahma has to meditate upon the Supreme Lord in order to create. Then what to speak of great scientists like Einstein? The brains of such a scientist are certainly not the products of any human being. Scientists cannot manufacture such a brain. And what to speak of foolish atheists who defy the authority of the Lord? Even Mayawadi impersonalists who flatter themselves that they can become one with the Lord are neither Abhigya or Swarat. Such impersonalists undergo severe austerities to acquire knowledge to become one with the Lord, but ultimately they become dependent on some rich disciple who supplies them with money to build monasteries and temples. Atheists like Ravan or Hiranyakasipu had to undergo severe penances before they could flout the authority of the Lord. But ultimately, they were rendered helpless and could not save themselves when the Lord appeared before them as cruel death. This is also the case with the modern atheists who also dare to flout the authority of the Lord. Such atheists will be dealt with similarly, for history repeats itself. <laughs> we'll be lucky if they 
Actually. Yeah. Srila <laughs> Prabhupada doesn't pull any punches. They'll be dealt with the same way. Whenever men neglect the authority of the Lord, nature and her laws are there to penalize them. This is, the, this is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita in the well-known verse, yada yada hi dharmasya glanahi. Whenever, <clears throat> whenever there is a decline of dharma and a rise of irreligion, of adharma, O Arjuna, then I incarnate myself. Bhagavad Gita 4.7 That the Supreme Lord is all perfect is confirmed in all Shruti mantras. It is said in the Shruti mantras that the all perfect Lord threw a glance over matter and thus created all living beings. The living beings are parts and parcels of the Lord. And he impregnates the vast material creation with seeds of spiritual sparks. And thus the creative engineers' uh, energies are set in motion to enact so many wonderful <coughs> creations. An atheist may argue that God is no more expert than a watchmaker. But of course God is greater because he can create machines in duplicate uh, male and female forms. The male and female forms are of different types of machine, of machineries. The male and female forms of different types of machineries go on producing innumerable similar machines without God's further attention. If a man could manufacture such a set of machines that could produce other machines without his attention, then he would approach the intelligence of God. But that is not possible, for each machine has to be handled individually. Therefore, no one create no one can create as well as God. Another name for God is Asamara, uh, which means that one, uh, that no one is equal to or greater than Him. Param Satyam, or the supreme truth, is He who is, uh, who has no equal or superior. This is confirmed in the Shruti uh, mantras. It is said that before the creation of the material universe, there existed the Lord only, who is master of everyone. That Lord instructed Brahma in Vedic knowledge. That Lord has to be obeyed in all respects. Anyone who wants to get rid of the material entanglement must surrender unto him. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Unless one surrenders unto the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, it is certain that he will be bewildered. When an intelligent man surrenders unto the lotus feet of Krishna and knows completely that Krishna is the cause of all causes, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, then only can such an intelligent man become a Mahatma, or a great soul. But such a great soul is rarely seen. Only the Mahatmas can understand the Supreme Lord is the primeval cause of all creations. He is the parama, or ultimate truth, because all other truths are relative to him. He is omniscient. For him, there is no illusion. <clears throat> Some Mayavadi scholars argue that Srimad Bhagavatam was not compiled by Sri Vyasadeva, and some of them suggest that this book is a modern creation written by someone named Vopadeva. In order to refute such meaningless arguments, Sri Sridhar Swami points out that there is reference to the Bhagavatam in many of the oldest Puranas. This first idea, <clears throat> this, this first shloka of the Bhagavatam begins with the Gayatri Mantra. There is reference to this Matyapurna, which is, uh, uh, excuse me, Matya Purana, which is the oldest Purana. In that Purana, it is stated, it is said with reference to the, to the Gayatri Mantra in the Bhagavatam that there are many narrations of spiritual instructions beginning with the Gayatri Mantra. And there is the history of Vritrasura. Anyone who makes a gift of this great work 
on a full moon, excuse me, anyone who makes a gift of this great work on a full moon day attains to the highest perfection of life by returning to Godhead. There is a reference to the Bhagavatam in other Puranas also. There is clearly stated, where it is clearly stated that this work was finished in 12 cantos, which include 18,000 shlokas. In the Padma Puran, it is uh, also there is a reference to the Bhagavatam in a conversation between Gautama and Mar, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Maharaj Ambarish. <coughs> the king was advised therein to read regularly Srimad Bhagavatam if he desired liberation from material bondage. Under the circumstances, there is no doubt about the authority of the Bhagavatam. Within the past 500 years, many erudite scholars and acharyas like Jiva Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti, Valvacharya, and many other distinguished scholars, even after the time of Lord Chaitanya, made elaborate commentaries on the, on the Bhagavatam. <clears throat> and the serious student would do well to attempt to go through them to relish the transcendental message. Excuse me, messages. Srila <clears throat> Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur specifically deals with the original and pure sex psychology, Adiras, devoid of all mundane inebriety. The whole material creation is moving under the principle of sex life. In modern civilization, sex life is the focal point for all activities. Wherever one turns his face, he sees sex life predominant. Therefore, sex life is not unreal. Its reality is expressed in the spiritual world. The material sex life is but a perverted reflection of the original fact. The original fact is in the absolute truth, and thus the absolute truth cannot be impersonal. It is not possible to be impersonal and contain pure sex life. Consequently, the impersonalist philosophers have given indirect impetus to the abominable mundane sex life because they have overstressed the impersonality of the ultimate truth. Consequently, man without information of the actual spiritual form of sex has accepted perverted material sex life as the all in all. There is a distinction between sex life in the diseased material condition and spiritual sex life. Some people, sometimes people ask, is there sex in the spiritual world? There is spiritual sex. And Krishna says, I am sex life, which is not against relig religious principles. You see? But it's not something that we can easily understand. You see? It's not. This is a perverted reflection of, of what it is. It's really enough, yeah. Christian, we've always, we've always existed as individual living entities, all of us. Uh, so, I, what is the what is the idea of time? Like we were created, you know, like we were created. Yeah, we've always existed. Uh, and then that Brahma, Brahma is the first living being. What does that mean? He's the first, the first living being. Well, he was the first living being in this material universe. You know. Now, um, uh, this is interesting to ponder because it says here that before the creation, uh, there was just Krishna. Yet Krishna says, never was there a time when you did not exist. So if there never was a time when you did not exist, were you created by Krishna? The answer is no. Yes. And no, simultaneously. You see, because we're we're going into the laws of the spiritual world, and Krishna has this achintya veda veda tattva potency, simultaneously one and different. 
At the same time, yes and no. He was never alone. He was always with us. But before creation, it was just him. Now, in the material world, we think, well, that doesn't make any sense. But to him, it does. See, that's the true reality. And unfortunately, we only know the laws of the material world. You know, in the material world, either you is or you ain't. That doesn't apply to Krishna, you see. So, yes, we've always existed. There's never been a time when we have not been, and there never will be a time when we'll cease to be. But at the same time, before creation, there was just Krishna. <laughs> so that's something to wrap our minds around. It's a lot more important than some of the other things that we, we find ourselves uh, thinking about the material things, you know, trying to figure out material questions. In my mind, maybe just semantics, but I like to think we're created from Krishna, but the, the word by makes me think of a Christian tradition where there's a time period and man was created in Eden. But when I think I'm from Krishna, I'm part and parcel of Krishna, it's a different concept for me. It's, it's, I'm coming from the very essence, the very pure desire of Krishna himself. Yeah. I'm a part and parcel. Yeah, we're part and parcel of Krishna. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's deep, deep love. I mean, that, and, and, and there's and your sexual energy there, too. I mean, there, there's something intimate in that. Yeah. Ultimately intimate. Yeah. You know, an, an intimate, an intimacy that it's very difficult for us to understand with material consciousness. It's not possible. We have to get spiritual consciousness to understand. And coming to understand that is our relationship with Krishna. Yeah. That's, that, that's what it's all about. Understanding... Yeah. Why we're here? Why he? Why he's in relationship with us? What that looks like? And that's right. right. Yeah. Intimate, intimate understanding of Krishna and our relationship to him. Our relationship. See, the devotee has a big advantage over uh, others who are pursuing religion. The Vaishnava is uh, understands the intimacy, the supreme intimacy that we have with the, with the Supreme Godhead. Now when there is supreme intimacy, there's no room for fear or awe and reverence, you see. You, you, you can't have fear, awe and reverence, and supreme intimacy. It doesn't work, you see. It's, it's a little bit like the difference between your relationship with, like, people around you and then your own blood family. I mean, there's a difference between those two things. When you have your own child, you have a certain intimacy that goes beyond certain rules that you would have with other people. Yeah, that's an interesting thought because um, we, as, uh, as Vaishnavas, as devotees of Krishna, we have that intimacy, that intimate relationship as like children would have with their parents, you see. Others who are really just like us and have the ability to have that same relationship because of their particular consciousness of God are like the people that live next door, you see. Right, right. They worship God in awe and reverence and fear, deep respect. In, uh, so that puts them separate from the, it, it eliminates them from being uh, able to access this deep intimacy, you see, because of their consciousness. Right. It's there for them, it's available to them, but because of their consciousness, they don't accept it. And we can discuss that, that's a whole real, you know, why don't they? Well, there's, there are reasons why. <coughs> But we can go into that, you know, at, an, at another time. But they don't. So, you know, we're not saying this to say, well, we're so much better than the Christians. No. Or, you know, the Muslims. Or the Jews or whatever. We're not trying to make that point. We're trying to say that there really is a difference. Because of our uh, consciousness, of our relationship, of, of everyone's relationship, not just us, but the Christians as well, you see. There, 
we have the ability to have this uh, supreme, intimate relationship with the supreme. You see? They don't. Only because of their, the block of their consciousness. They don't see him as, as something that you can be that intimate with. They, they, they can't wrap their mind around. And even if they try to say, oh, but I love God. You know. If you've ever, ever tried this, I've done this. And it, you know, I say, okay, what do you love about him? Well, he's so kind. Oh, yeah? You know, he's the guy that allows uh, tsunamis to happen and kill 200,000 you know, people. Doesn't sound very kind. What do you like about him? You know, that's real, you know, real quickly they'll be backpedaling. Well, well, humana, humana, uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's merciful. How's that? He lets me get old and die. I don't want that. Look at the pain that he allows. So I mean, they, they, when you get when you get specific in the, the relationship, anything intimate or any, any true understanding of him, they fall right off the cliff. You know? But up until then, they can make a really good story, except when it comes to approaching him. You see, and they can't understand. You know, how his mind works. They, they, they can't understand. So therefore, they can't see him as a little boy who steals butter. They're thinking, well, how could God be a thief? You know, he's got to be so good and, you know, and, and you can say, well, how can he, how can he, it's not possible for him to be a thief because everything belongs to him. You know, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you see. Again, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying this is obvious. You know, anyone can see this. It, uh, even them, but it's tough to admit. You know, and, and sometimes it is difficult for them to see and to understand that we say you're on the path. You are on the path. You know, you're on your way to God. But. There is so much more available for you that you don't understand. You know, this intimacy. It's difficult for them to approach. So. This Srimad Bhagavatam will gradually elevate the unbiased reader to the highest perfectional state of transcendence. It will enable him to transcend the three modes of material activities, fruitive actions, speculative philosophy, and worship of functional deities as in, uh, incul inculcated in Vedic verses. So, very long purports. Anybody have any any questions or comments? I mean, we can talk for a week or years. <laughs> yeah. You know, for a yuga. Uh, I mean, really and truly, uh, everything is in this verse. Everything. It's it's all spiritual knowledge. The essence of all spiritual knowledge is is in the verse with the speak of the purport. So there's a lot. So. Anybody want any, any questions or comments? Well, this philosophy of no one is equal or independent and he's simultaneously one and different, that it's, that there's really no, there's no other way for it to be a person that can do something like that. Just how, how mystical it is, but how personal is on the same level. So I guess that's, but there is like this impersonal aspect in it, you know, there's Bhagavan and Jyoti. Yeah. So it's, it just seems so, so perfect that there's a person. Yeah. Uh, are the impersonalists wrong? 
No, Krishna has that. This kind of bewilders their minds when, when, we, when we preach. And uh, sometimes, you know, you get into, a, uh, you go into some of these yoga circles, and uh, a lot of times they know you're coming, they know who you are, and they know what you're about. You're about Krishna, the blue boy, you know, you can dance with him, and, and we know God to be energy. He's the, the universal energy, you know. So they, they right soon, as, as you get started, they want to argue. <laughs> and they'll say, they want to make their statement that God is the, is the uh, ultimate Godhead, is, is the supreme universal, universal energy. And uh, I just look at them and I go, I agree. What? <laughs> I agree. You're right on. That he is that. And then you know, start asking questions. Do you think that this supreme universal energy, you said it's supreme, is this universal uh, Godhead? Is it? You've got to use the word it. You can't say he because that's personal. So is it um, unlimited? Oh, yeah. So it being unlimited has nothing that it doesn't have. It has everything because it is unlimited. Oh, okay. So if it is unlimited, it has to have form. If it has everything, and it also has to be unmanifest. So it's unmanifest and manifest because it is complete. And <laughs> it's fun to look at, you know, to see the looks on their faces when they're, they're doing the math. You know. <laughs> you know how your computer sometimes when you're working it hard, the fan goes on real hard? <laughs> Because it's starting to heat up. You know, you're... <laughs> so you're looking at them, you see the fan go on in their head, you know. It's, oh, okay, all right. So, okay, so you know all about this impersonal, Brahman. You know all about that. I'm here to talk about the personal side of that universal energy. You know, which we agree is there. Don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. You know, so... Very simple. They have the answers. You know, you just uh, you just have to point out that they do. They have the answers. So we're not here to argue. We're just here to help you uh, maybe know a little bit more. You know, that's our attitude. Anything else? Yes. Um, about the Paramahamsa and uh, the personality guidance. So the Paramahamsa, God's always with you in your heart. Yeah. So you can you can just say like you said you can just. Just recognize him as Krishna. You can just talk to him. Basically. Yeah. But how is that? How is that different than interacting directly with him as a supreme personality? When we go back to Godhead, is it like we're associated with him like a paramatma form? It's hard for me to kind of grasp that. No, no. Uh, he comes uh, as paramatma um, because we really we don't have truly any real independence. You see, he gives us the, the concept of independence because he wants to have uh, a sweeter relationship with us. You see, if we have the concept that we have no independence whatsoever, then we feel uh, we feel controlled without free will. You see, but for him to enjoy our relationship, you have to have free will. Otherwise, you're a prisoner. There's no taste in, you know, how can you have a love affair with somebody who's your prisoner? You know? So, we have to have that concept. So, when we come to this mature world, we don't really, we can't really go away from it. There's nowhere you can go that Krishna isn't. He's everywhere. Everything is his energy, so he is there. But when we come here, he comes along with you. Uh, 
for different reasons. One reason <coughs> is uh, he, he's very interested in what you're going to do. He's very, because he gives you, uh, Jai Waita Maharaj and I were talking over lunch one day about this in, in Mayapur. Uh, because you have free will, you can, at, at every juncture, at every crossroads in your life, you have free will to make your own decision. So therefore, does Krishna know what you're going to do? So the answer is no and yes. He could if he wanted to, but why would he want to, you see? So, I mean, he's, he's supreme, so you, could, you can't deny that he can't, but isn't it very interesting? He's interested in what you're going to do. You, you're, you know, we're so close that we're like joined at the hip with him. We, we're very close with, with Krishna. We have been for eternity. We're his part and parcel. And he has a genuine love affair with us. I mean, he loves us. And he doesn't want to be away from you. He doesn't want you to be... He's not going to stand for it. You know? He's that attached to our relationship. Now, we've left because we're looking for something better than him. We're trying to see if there's anything better than Krishna. You see? So, well, you can't leave. You can't leave Krishna. But he doesn't want you to think that. So he allows you to leave, but he sneaks along as Paramatma. And he's watching, he's observing. You know? And this is like a real interesting movie to him. You know, to see you go through your trip through this material world, through millions of births. It's not like he's off somewhere of doing something else and you're doing your thing in the material world. No, he's right there with you every step of the way, witnessing everything and experiencing every emotion and every thought that you have and drinking it up. You see? So, um, when we start to make that advancement toward him, he becomes so pleased. So pleased. So pleased that when you take one step towards him, he takes ten towards you. He's like, oh, goody. He bought a book. All right. <laughs> he had brought her on here high-fiving. You know? <laughs> Got a book. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end of the material consciousness. All right. He's on his way home. So here they're doing their happy dance. Krishna and Radha, you know. <laughs> He already is really blissful and he's pretty asked as well. So he, he cares, but he's also not like affected. He's not he's not dependent on it. You know? He's not dependent. Oh. I mean, like I said, we're joined with him. We are joined with him, but you, we're a chitya beta beta tattva. We is and we ain't. You know, we are joined with him, but we're independent. But we're not independent. You see what I mean? <coughs> we have our independence. We have our independent personality. But yet we cannot be away from them. We couldn't exist. It's just like if you, if you unplug the, the plug for that light up there, if you unplug it from the wall, it goes out. It's useless. It's not a light anymore. If you unplug a computer, it's, just, it's useless. You've got to have the, it's got to be connected with the source. If you plug it into the source, then it's a light. You know, it can function. So it's not possible for us to exist if we're away from it. You see, we are completely dependent on him. But he doesn't, he doesn't want that to be a big factor. You see, the, the gopis feel that they're completely dependent on Krishna because of their, the love they have in their heart. They don't think that... Oh, if there was no Krishna, I would just not exist. I would just not be, or I'd drop dead. They don't think like that. They think 
that I can't live with it. My, my heart would burst without Krishna. I just can't stand to be away from Krishna. I'm completely dependent on Krishna for everything. You see, everything comes from Krishna. So, it's deep, very deep thought. We have so much to keep our minds busy. You know? <laughs> There's so much to, to ponder. You know, we don't, so, uh, you know, we don't really have need of anything to uh, take up our spare time. You know, it's just like the, the devotees when we travel sometimes. And sometimes when you go to India, you know, or to Europe, you, you're going to get caught in a situation where you're in an airport for hours. You know, has that ever happened to your mother? <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you live in that airport. You know? And then the flights, you, you wait five hours for a flight. I had this happen to me in Calcutta one time. You wait five, five hours for a flight, and then the flight's canceled. Great. You know? First of all, they keep moving it up. It's going to be later and later and later. Then, well, we canceled the flight. It's not going. You know? so, <laughs> well, what do I do? You know, so... Uh, but the devotee doesn't, you know, we're not, you know, to, to a non-devotee, that would drive you crazy. I mean, an airport has nothing to do in a foreign country. But to a devotee, you're, you just, you've got a, some, a book with you and you've got your beads and you can read or chant or you can chant and read or, you know. I mean, really, it's not that bad for a devotee. As a matter of fact, a lot of times we find ourselves thinking, Hey, this is all right, you know. I, I've got, I've, I've been wanting to read anyway. I've been wanting to read this. Wow, <laughs> oh, this is a blessing. I have this time. So, so, uh, you know, we as 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 devotees, because we're uh, exposed to this transcendental thought, um, we don't really have any need for any outside stimulus, you know. So. Although sometimes we may seek it because we're still attached, you know, we're not fully convinced that I can be happy with just Krishna. We're not there yet. So sometimes we'll 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 seek a little something else, you know. And typically we get disappointed. We think well, that wasn't so great. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but as we become purified, um, we'll be able to just immerse ourselves in this philosophy. We have no need for anything else. So it's like quarter after nine. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Because the verse is just a class in and of itself. So. All right. All glories to Shiva Prabhupada. Jai. 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 Jai.